When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I am so delighted that you joined us today, and I can't wait to tell you a little bit about my guests. It's funny, you know, and it seems like it's this way a lot, to be honest, Austin, where I am talking to people, just doing sort of a chit chat to say, hey, should we be on a podcast, you know, together and that kind of thing. And ends up being that that should have been the podcast. So I think I'm going to start recording those. Yeah. <laughs> right. The only thing is we're not always in person. It's just an audio. And I like doing a little bit of both. So let me take this opportunity to introduce you to our guest today, Austin Linney. He is a former service industry, which we're going to talk about, service industry veteran for 20 years, turned serial entrepreneur. Some really cool stuff that he's doing. He's a real estate investor, mindset and business coach. He is the host of another weekly podcast called Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. He's not building businesses, growing his expansive network of who's who in the leading industries, uh, providing massive value each week with his podcast or helping his coaching clients achieve a breakthrough. He can be found training for and competing in Ironman triathlons across the country. If you're an entrepreneur wanting to start a business, wanting to improve your mindset through coaching, or just want to have a heart-to-heart conversation, how to overcome the odds, Austin can help you get to where you want to go because he's probably been where you are in a lot of facets. So welcome to the show, Austin. So happy to have you. Thank you so much. That statement actually sounds like I have my stuff together, which wasn't the case for many years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So let's share a little bit about that. Tell, tell us a little bit about you. What's interesting about me is the surface, right? And I think what, this is one of the problems that I wouldn't admit to myself. My dad's a doctor. Uh, we grew up in Sugarland, which is probably the nicest neighborhood in all of Houston. Grew up next to NBA players. As I got older, we made more money, lived on the golf course. But on the surface, everything looks, it's fine. Well, when I was 17, I kept getting in trouble in school. It was either boarding school or it was to move to Beaumont, well, excuse me, Finette, Texas, which is where my mom is from, the area, which is, sounds, it's country. So yeah. Just so, yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't want to go to boarding school. So I went to Finette. And when I was there for a couple months, then my parents, of the blue told me they were getting divorced. And it was one of those things that I took ownership of the divorce, like it was my fault. Yeah, and as most kids do. Yeah. Ultimately, it wasn't. It took me 20 years to figure that out. But that was something that I realized that at 17 really affected how I viewed myself. And then not loving school 
because I was super smart. I have a graphic memory and a, almost a recall memory. School didn't really do anything for me. So by 17, when I was still in school, I got into the restaurant business. And what they don't talk about a lot in the restaurant businesses. Back in those days, it was more got into the, the drug business, you know, yeah. that the drink, how to, you know, the alcohol led to, to cocaine use. Yeah. Uh, cocaine was a gateway to meth and, you know, methamphetamines. And it's nothing to mess around with. It is a hardcore drug. And so one night a week turned into three nights a week. And then, you know, you kind of go down this path of just how we get here. Yeah. Well, and I know, and it's kind of par for the course. I mean, I remember when I was younger, you know, we had Thirsty Thursday, right? (laughs) Everybody went out drinking on Thursdays and stuff, and you and you wondered about the bartenders. They always looked really just drained and you know driven. I mean, not driven, ridden would be the yeah. word, and not not for females, but just really rough. You know, mm-hmm. they looked really rough, and and that's probably what most of them were experiencing. You know, if you weren't just being a waitress while you're in college and then got out, and you know that kind of thing. So I know that that you know took you down a long road. I mean, that was many years ago, and went down this long road for a really, really long time. What were you doing for a living during that time when you were sort of masking this? And, and could I say that you were a functioning drug addict and alcoholic? Because um, my dad was a functioning alcoholic, you know, and I, so nobody really knew. It was a mask, you know. Oh, 100%. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't working. Right. Some things happened. I got to a point where for a seven day stretch, I stayed awake, oh my God. still working and mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't eating much. An ex-girlfriend saw me She and I probably lost like 20 pounds and she's like, your clothes are falling off of you. Look like, look like shit. Get your mm-hmm. life together. It kind of was really odd because we weren't together, but it snapped something in me. And so I grabbed all my stuff, moved to Austin, just on a whim. And I have a mentality when I'm done, it might take me a while, but I'm done. And so like I yeah. was done with the hard drugs, but I was still drinking. So the huge issue for staying up and all these things I was still drinking. And I was working at a restaurant, long story short, um, behind the wheel of a car, shouldn't have been, mm. um, wound up getting in an accident, uh, a one car accident and over a mailbox in a yard. and. My car got totaled and I had to get a, a ride from my friend. So he came to get me and back to live with my mom. And for like a month, still going out, still drinking and, and just wasn't really you. like, no, it didn't phase me. Yeah. And came home one day and she said, this isn't a hotel. You got to get, got to get it together. And uh, threw all my clothes out on the porch and I broke down, man. I was, same friend came and got me. and. I cried for a little bit. And he's like, you know, this 21 year old dude crying. Uh, dad cut me off, you know, the whole thing. And uh, I said, listen, we can't solve it in a day. We can solve it in, you know, we'll, let's, let's put some pieces together. So we went to go hang out with some friends. It was my best friend, lived with his brother. He said, look, not much, don't have anything. But we have this one room. Everybody else is you know, living in the other rooms. And I was like, what is that? So I actually stayed in the underneath. The closet of the stairs. Oh my gosh, yeah, like that little, yeah. So I had a fan, my clothes, and then a single mattress, and I slept in the closet for three months. 
Oh my gosh. So there's some soul searching moments in that closet. Yeah. When you when came you, out of the closet. When you go from a <laughs> thousand square foot house on the golf course to a 25 square foot closet, there's some moments, right? Of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. So you, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, you're the kind of person who says, look, when I'm done, I'm done, but I, you have to be done. And and I get that with alcoholism specifically, you know, with my father, he had to say he was done. It couldn't be anyone else. He's the one who had to make that decision. And I think we have to do that in everything that we're doing, right? Whether we're transitioning out of a job, whether we're deciding to lose weight, need to leave a marriage, right? Want to make an impact in the world. I mean, all the time have to have that passion or that drive to make that change, you know, and, and that's a transition we're all kind of experiencing right now, you know, in COVID and when now we're in the new year and we're still saying, okay, so do we just kind of go along with this for a little longer? What do we do to make it different this year? So, so you obviously got to, and how long have you been sober now? Two years and two days. There you go. So, yeah. Ooh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. So interesting, right? As I look back on that time, because Let's be honest, I might have got myself out of the closet, but I still drank for another 20 years. Right? Yeah. The main reason for that is I still was fighting the world. The world did this to me. Yeah. You know, my choices, my actions didn't get me here. Right. And, and yes, I might have had a hard work ethic, which got me out of my, I took a construction, Thank God. I took a construction <laughs> job. That's something my parents instilled in with me is like, you work hard no matter what. So mm-hmm. I was always working hard. I wasn't working right. More importantly, I wasn't working for me. I was working to prove a point to my father, to my mother. And mm-hmm. when I turned 36, I joined a mastermind, enough. And it was the first time I was around people who were successful or sober. I'm dead serious. Yeah, it's yeah. like the weirdest thing to say. Coming from the restaurant business, everybody drank. It's so socially yeah. acceptable that you don't see it. Well, aren't you... Exactly what the five people you're around, right? 100%. 100%. And the small-minded victim mentality, complaining Mm -hmm. about the guest, staying in this comfort zone. When I started getting around these amazing real estate investors, these people that had 30, 80 Airbnbs, were just crushing life, being good fathers. I had a guy, I'm not going to lie to you, he's not the best guy to deal with. He He don't mess around. He has a crazy story being chained to his closet when he was a kid. Like his parents are really crazy, right? But he helps people, right? Yeah. He said, Austin, can I ask you a question? The same thing has been happening for the last 21 years. What ownership? You blaming yourself for your parents' divorce for 21 years, are you taking of that moment? Because there's a moment and there's all the stories you create. Right. Yeah. There's that trigger. Yeah. So what was that moment? And what was that, that ownership? That was ownership that I, as a son, did not take ownership of how I treated my stepmom and my, my dad. And I mm-hmm. called him. I said, listen, I haven't really spoke much, but I want to let you know that I'm at a point right now. Where I take full, complete ownership of what I did mm-hmm. and change it here today, regardless of the relationship that we had moving forward. I want to start down a positive route right. and long story short, you have a long conversation and I swear to God, I remember the day where I was, it felt like these shackles of like 80 pounds 
just released off my legs. Yeah. That being said, it took me two months for it to really hit home. We're on vacation. I was at an Airbnb. It was 8 a.m. in the morning. We're looking at a lake. It was real foggy. I was listening to music, and I was just out there by myself. I had a full-on breakdown. I mean, crying the whole nine. But I, in that moment, said, it's okay. It's okay to forgive yourself for the last 20 years. Side note, found out some stuff about my parents' divorce. That wasn't the reason. That right. was another- of course not. But here's the kicker. This is what people don't tell you. The story I've been telling myself for 20 years was not the case anymore. So now I was lost that I don't even know who I am. Then you had to rediscover yourself, construct your life. Yeah. (laughs) I know, but that's what I love about that. And and you and I were talking about that too, you know, just because my father was an alcoholic too. And uh, you know, they stayed together until they died and all that, but, but it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. And I think I mentioned to you when we were chatting the first time, you know, is that I stopped proving and started living. That yeah. was sort of the the catalyst that me like you're doing construct your life. I was like, just stop proving and start living because I was living for everyone else, trying to prove to everyone else that I would not be like my father. That was my limiting belief and and what drove me, you know, to do everything I did. And I'm so glad that you came out of that. And I know that forgiveness, you know, personal forgiveness is probably the biggest thing we all have to learn you know, in life is to give, forgive ourselves. I think people are looking out all the time saying, well, I, I don't know if I want to forgive them or, um, you know, if I forgive them, I want to make sure they know I'm going to forgive them so they know that I've done that great thing to them. <laughs> to them. And that's actually not forgiveness. That's making amends, right? And Forgiveness is they don't even know they hurt you and you just give them and you forgive yourself for the way that you've been reacting to it. You no. Know? And so, because that's a barrier needs to be you know, released. So you, you then did all, you know, did that and, you know, had, had a couple of these breakthroughs and things. And, you know, now obviously you've been in Airbnb You and I talked about Airbnb. We both do Airbnb. Yeah, my house is Airbnb all the time. Matter of fact, this weekend will be Airbnb. And so, yeah, somebody's finally getting married. I guess they had to wait till January or something. Yeah. But I don't know. Oh, one. I don't know what the numbers are. There's some special number that's coming up this year. Two, one, two, one. Yeah, two, one, two, one, two, one. But anyway, they're getting married this weekend. Um, so you're doing, you've done a lot of Airbnbs. You sort of made that switch. You know, although you were a sommelier, you're a master of your craft. Do you miss it? Do you miss you know it? what I tell people? I'm so far removed from the drinking that I yeah. don't even think about it anymore. I'll never, I'll, I, won't, I won't drink again. I'm romantic about um, alcohol, romantic about food because I was a chef. So I still serve drinks, my mentors and my friends yeah. when I'm hanging out with them. And uh, I make drinks by smell, you know, yeah. and I'll still go to wineries. Yeah. We have a mastermind event there in three, 30 days. I'll yeah. still go to France and, and go to the winery because I love the people that make alcohol and i love the story behind it yeah there's always a good story yeah it's just not, it's just not for me anymore you know yeah. there's a little there's a little irish in me um maybe it just doesn't suit with me and i'm still romantic about the how they make it and and the yeah. people that serves and 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 i yeah. you know i still tell people about wine all the time so it's not a big deal just for me i feel so good now right i've lost 65 pounds i've lost eight yeah. pants sizes yeah. why would i ever go back Right? Yeah. And, and I think what's hard for people is they think that that, that need, 
right? The need for it never go away. I promise you that with enough work and enough time and enough with enough dedication and personal, you know, self-discipline, that, that need will go away. And that's what I have to tell everybody is that you're not going to feel a tug on your heart eventually. Like, I don't know when and I don't know how, but right. but ultimately there, you know. Yeah. You don't want to put yourself in situations and stuff either, you know. You know, when did you start investing in Airbnbs? And was that part of this that you've been around? I don't know. How long have Airbnbs been around now? I've been I've been Airbnb for four years. The, the, the initial business of Airbnb has been around for hundred years. The but the Airbnb the company in the space about six about six seven years. We started out is we started traveling when we were in Europe. I was like, man, this is cool. We we traveled the whole way. Yeah, uh, yeah. we went. Like, it's a funny story. I stayed at home away, a home away place in Costa Rica before Airbnb even launched. Even existed. So I was like, it was like the thing. I guess I'll try it out. And so yeah. that was an interesting. That was interesting. That's a whole other story. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I think we all have stories, especially overseas, right? I mean, we we stayed at an Airbnb in Paris. I got to tell you this story, though. I mean, you can tell your story too. But we stayed at this Airbnb in Paris, and it literally was right down the street, like. I don't know. It's hard to count in Paris because they don't really have houses. They have buildings and they're connected and, you know, and all that stuff. We were just a block down, maybe a five minute walk, the Eiffel Tower, like for the whole, everything for the Eiffel Tower. Perfect location. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You can see it from the room, everything. Excited to go. It was our 30th wedding anniversary. I think, yeah, 30th wedding anniversary. We, uh, my husband had just had three heart attacks had three heart attacks six years ago. Well, it'll be seven years here in a month or so. But he had um, three heart attacks within three months. And here we are. So he had the heart attacks like March, May. And here we are now going on this, you know, our, our thing for 30, 30 year anniversary and going to Europe for 30 days. I have all this baggage and luggage and all that stuff. And we had planned it out. So we would stop at Airbnb, an Airbnb that had a washer and dryer so that I could only take half the clothes, right? None of the weather matched what the weather forecast was anywhere we were at. Anywhere. It just didn't matter. I was going to wear a cute little dress in Paris, and we ended up freezing our butts off and, and having to change our clothes three times because it's pouring rain and all this stuff. Here's the funny thing about this. <laughs> they said it was on the fourth floor. They didn't tell us that it was a winding staircase, no elevator, after my husband just had three heart attacks. <laughs> And I'm not, I, I'm a little thing. I'm only 5'4", you know, I weigh like 110 pounds. I'm, I'm trying to pull this luggage that weighs almost more. Than I am. And, I'm, and I'm sure in the moment that you and your husband are having the nicest conversation. Oh, no, no. It's like, you got to be kidding me. What the, you know, all this stuff. And then they had these rules about leaving your luggage down in the bottom that they would just take it and throw it out on the street if you oh, left your God. luggage down there. So yeah. one of us was watching the luggage. One of us was kind of doing the thing. and. Oh my God, it was hilarious. And there were, there were many of the, the places that we say that were just, you know, stories that are similar, but, but look at the fun stories. That's why we're telling them. I actually have a similar one, pretty fourth floor. My, oh my ex-wife, God. who I was with, with at the time, doesn't get on elevators. Oh Wait, my gosh. With two separate staircases that didn't go to the same areas. Right. So we couldn't find her for a while because she went, <laughs> I swear to God. And the room was like 200 square feet, maybe. Like it was a thing. It was beautiful view. Beautiful view. Uh, well, someone's gonna write a book about it. 
Yeah. Someone's going to write a book about about you know stories stories at Airbnbs and you know the funniest things that happen at Airbnbs. But we had someone who got bit by a snake here at our house. Oh my goodness! They yeah. reached in to turn on the uh, grill outside and got bit by a black a black snake. I mean, I can't prevent that kind of stuff. It's the country. You decided to come out to the country. I can't prevent a bear from walking up. I can't prevent you know whatever. But yeah, it's kind of funny. So okay, so you've got how many Airbnbs now? Because you've got quite thirty five. <laughs> Funny enough, we actually manage Airbnbs. That's right. That's right. I remember so, you telling me. So we, I started with three of my own. They were all in San Antonio. And then I joined up with these guys from California about two years ago. We scaled up to 26 and seven mm-hmm. states. Uh, that was whole. That's a whole nother. There's many discussion. Uh, I know. There's many cry moments in, in, in cities. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know anybody in. So right. that was a very learning experience. Because this is in life in general. I think we as people get to a place, right? 26 Airbnbs in seven states where we thought we wanted to be. Then when we're there, we are mad as hell. We realize we're the ones that wanted to get there. Yeah. It may not be what we what it looks like in our mind's eye. Right, the so, dream. Dream becomes a nightmare. Yeah. Or something else. Yeah. So we, so we, decided, we decided to part ways the end of that company. And I started a new company with my business partner where we focus on a different kind of vacation. You know, I've got 21 years in hospitality. I love experiences. I yeah. love eating the whole weekend for people, mastermind events, yoga retreats, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So with our clients and then myself, we focus on large scale operations. So shipping container hotels, uh, TP retreats. So I have a client who's about to buy a property in Montana on a lake. I just bought a piece of land in Colorado. So, you know, we're, 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 we're trying to create this network, but I'll be honest with you. The only thing that I care about, and this is going to happen, it's not a question of when, it's how I figure it out. I want, I want international Airbnbs. It's, it's yeah. what I want to do. Costa Rica, you know, Greek Isles, Italy. Um, these are the things that I just love doing. And, and if I were to have five or six that I could visit, then I was thinking to spend a month or two months at a time Running my business from my laptop, my coaching business, my investing, that's really where I see myself in about three years. Yeah. I, was, I was talking to another colleague the other day on, a, on this podcast, actually, and, and he has this great saying, Toe, wait, wait, toes in the sand, phone in the hand. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. Like I don't know that I want my laptop on the sand. I just want toes in the sand and phone in hand, right? I mean, how cool is that? And I thought that was so cool. And I know that one of the things that you're looking at doing, you know, is, is buying like five, 50 to 100 acres and creating retreats on that and stuff. How far are you out from put, putting this all together? Because if someone's so listening, they the might be going, about, hey. Here's the great thing about what I do is that won't be my money. Yeah. Be my oh, yeah. Money. Be OPM be my client's money. So mm-hmm. we've got the first one he's buying in like two months. He is a very good digital marketer and his wife is a famous yoga fitness person. He said, Austin, I know real estate is the vehicle. He said, right. but if I'm going to do stuff, it's going to be fun. So we're trying to create properties that they can match what they do already by having retreats and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. these are the things that we're looking at. For me, I'm teaching myself new construction because I actually want to go build my own luxury Airbnbs because yeah. the difference is, is a lot I've done I've seen them all, done them all, traveled and all, worked them all. The luxury market 
is a no-brainer purchase. They're just saying, yes, I'm going to go pay 3000 bucks for this weekend. So actually floating around an idea of creating some entrepreneurship house where, where you go, where you might travel in a network, you would have multiple houses where you would work for a month or two and we would provide services for you. So there's a lot of different. Oh, wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, one of the voids that I can tell you, you know, from my perspective, because I do retreat and, you know, and I host a mastermind that I, I don't, we go someplace, but we don't go someplace for that. That's more of a retreat for me. But uh, the challenge is finding a large enough house. It's all of the clients that are coming to retreat. And I'm, and I'm not saying that there's a ton, but, you know, if there's 12 people, if there's 20 people at a retreat, find enough, enough rooms for everyone to be individual. Because, I mean, everybody's just so fussy. I'm not fussy. I, I'm like, yes, I'll share a room and not with a man, but with a woman. I'll share a room with a woman. So what? We'll share a room. But there are so many people who won't do that. And, you know, there's a huge void in the marketplace for that right now. And now it's even growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. I want to know why there's a void in the market? Because everybody, this is the number one bugaboo in Airbnb, trying to make a house that was built for a family be an event space. It doesn't work. Costa Rica has figured this out. So they have houses that are, have six masters yeah. looking at the view, right? Because nobody wants to feel slighted. My actual plan is to create multiple structures on the property. Everybody has their own space, but then has a community space. So that's yeah. a commune. That. Yeah, um, well, and that's what I love about your, um, what do you call, what, I, I have a different name for them, but what do you call them? The trailer the shipping containers are there. Shipping containers, yeah. But there's another name for it. Is it con combine combine? Yeah, I mean, there's so many interesting. Yeah, my my brother has one. Basically, an 18 foot trailer box, right? Mm-hmm. Not the not the vehicle, the box, and delivered up to one of the properties that we own. He that's where he has stored all of his hunting equipment because they hunt. We hunt. They hunt on the property. So all the hunting equipment's in this big combine or whatever. It's not a combine, but then and then you know pulls it out and I thought oh my gosh that is so cool because there's so you can look on YouTube on Pinterest and see how this is like that tiny house nation kind of thing that people have done uh, trailers for cars where you flip it down on the back and that becomes your barbecue area I mean they are the coolest things that are being created all over the world you know what the one they're doing now that I think is the coolest. And uh, they're taking grain silos. Oh, I'm, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. For corn, whatever. When I was little, I used to play in those things. When they weren't full, amazing, they old house. Right? house. People were paying like 20, 30 grand for like a used one. There's a, there's a secondary market just to sell the grain silos. So, I mean. I could probably do that at my house. That'd be cool. I could just have another area of my house where people out there. That's cool. That is yeah. so cool. What's ahead for you in these soaring 20s that we're heading into? You know, what we're doing is, is kind of the same thing you're doing. I am I love getting people together. I mean, my favorite thing, one of the, 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 the true goals for me this year is to step outside of the real estate sector and, and meet people or doctors, you know, therapists, psychologists, uh, stock market stuff. Because with that other, you know, getting that, that different group of people together, they're able to cross-pollinate information and ideas. No 
I feel like that's where the the magic comes. And so we've actually got seven um, masterminds scheduled next year. Tahoe, Arizona, Austin, Nashville, Utah. Then I do the ones for me, which is Costa Rica and Colombia. So those are the, those are really for me. Those would be tighter groups. But but yeah. but the goal is to take this do you know six or seven of these a year. Then I just get my friends to come and speak, and yeah. everybody mingles and it and everybody learns because I just had a call today. It's my favorite thing in the world. I met a kid who found my podcast, twenty years old, sophomore in college. Four months ago, he read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he's like. Yeah. I don't want to do what my parents want me to do. And I'm that's like, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Like you're my dude. Let's go. So we're actually something that we just decided to do the other day that we're very excited about. I keep meeting these entrepreneurs that have young kids have businesses or, or have a business idea. Yeah. I want to create a separate fund to invest in middle school or high school kids businesses. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I love, I think financial literacy in, in America is, is terrible. Um, is. So a lot of my stock guys, the guys that have, you know, do a lot of this for a living, large amounts of money, we're trying to come up with a course for, for kids to teach them That's the basics. Good. Well, there is, um, there is an organization called YEA. My husband used to call it Yay. <laughs> they don't like you to call it Yay. It's YEA. It's Young Entrepreneurs Association. It's a shark tank okay. in the United States. It's a shark tank. And I was actually an instructor for three years. It's sixth graders to 12th graders. They come in, they create an idea, they create a product. Two of our our students were on Shark Tank. One was funded by Shark Tank after they won the national for themselves and then went went on to Shark Tank. So really, really, I mean, they're so innovative. They're so, they're so smart. A lot of them come from the STEM programs, you know, for the girls. And then the guys are all into gaming, but oh my God, what tons of money gaming. Um, I found out, but yeah, I mean, they just need the push and the whatever, but it's very isolated to um, chambers of commerce. That's where it comes from, the YEA program. So yeah, so go look at that program. You'll maybe model or not model and give you suggestions. <laughs> but I think that's powerful that you're doing that, you know, and I think that kids need it. You no, know, it's the equivalent of trade school nowadays because there's no, I mean, it's so hard to find trade school, you know, mechanics and plumbers, which we need, we need all that. Um, but yeah, it's like not finding it, you know, for you know these what, kids. You know what's interesting? We were talking this day, and I think this is the one of the disconnects. I hope we get back to it. We've created this moniker around money, right? And, mm-hmm. and who doesn't want money? I want freedom. Yeah, that's I want, not success. I want houses. <laughs> but understand that with the, with the responsibility of said dollar amount that you're trying to get to, also requires you to be a boss. Health insurance, got to oversee people. I think there's a number that we have to get to in our own head, right? A benchmark. Then when we get there, then we can make a decision from a place of strength instead of wanting. Right. And, and I yeah, think desire and need. And, and desire and need. I think your masterminds, you know, I mean, I, I'm a mastermind facilitator, you know, I'm certified. So Masterminds are meant for that. I mean, they're they're for other people to see outside in and you know see things that you don't see. And I think that that's incredible because that, especially if you hone in on that, hone in on. And I love that construct your life, build a lifestyle, not a bank account. We talked, you and I've talked about that before you know, with my programs as well. We we both kind of talk in the same area. I think we just have different types of clients. We don't. Oh, it's it's the yeah. truth because 
as I've gotten masterminds and as I've met my mentor, all my mentors are in abundance. I have dudes out in LA that do $130 million deals. When you sit down with them and you're face to face with them, you realize, and they'll tell it, they'll tell it to my face. You are no different than me and you. I just got started better mentors. That's when you wake up to the fact that it's all possible. It's, everything's possible. There's no ceilings. And when you can wrap your head around that, and then more importantly, in the back of that, daily habits locked in of yeah. who you are, you're good to go. Well, and I think that's probably one of the best things to do. You know, I love atomic habits, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of different, I mean, it, it, he regurgitated a lot of some, you know, the other people, he just made it simple for everybody, right? And you're getting it. Oh, I thought you were getting the A. I have, no, I no, have no. all my books alphabetized. So when I want to talk okay, about a book, I have it. Too. I just finished oh, there it. you go. That's cool. Well, you know, I think that's where it starts for everybody is you know, developing good habits first, because that's what's going to, you know, create success down the road, the good habits. You can't be I mean, bad habits. And this is why the Bible even says this, you know, is it well, in so many words, you know, if you, first you have to manage a hundred dollars before you can imagine yes. manage a million, right? And that's a habit. That's a habit. So get to the point where you can manage you know, small amounts of things before you start taking on those grand things. And you know, you're never going to be happy if all you want is never, you know, years ago, I've been in business for four years, right? Mm-hmm. Years ago. The magic number was I want to make $100,000 a year, which is now kind of funny because now everybody wants to make a million. What happened to 255, 750? <laughs> like yeah. all of a sudden, everybody wants to make, I have to make a million. The spread from where you are now to where you want to be, you have to be cognizant of that spread because that spread could take you all the way to unhappiness. And more importantly, you know, my favorite saying is you got to be married to the process, divorced from the result. Ultimately, my, as my dad said, sorry if this offends anybody, you know, making 275 and 375 is pretty much the same thing. So you know, he said to like Austin, there's only so much stuff you can buy. Yeah. Like, you know, and he said, but what time restraint is that going to put on you, right? To create that, how many more employees are you going to have to manage, right? And I tell everybody all the time, anytime I meet any 20-year-old, every moment you're wasting uh, not creating passive income, not creating options. Uh, ultimate revenue. Not stream. connecting. Not connecting right. is a is a minute in a day you're taking away from your future kids. I've met a million fifty year olds. I coach a couple. I've met a million fifty year olds that wish they would have found investing or a different you know, avenue in the twenties, and now they're having to trade time for money. They're not being able to see their kids at the recital and stuff. You know, and they 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 would just shake that twenty year old and go, just go get it. You know? and yeah. That's, a real conversation that you could retire by 30. Well, my son is <laughs> so, <laughs> just turned 35. Well, um, he, had a great, he had a great, you know, but he doesn't, he did, he actually could have retired when he was 27, but he hasn't retired yet. But you know, he's worth a couple hundred million, mm-hmm. hundred million, a couple wanna, hundred million. I want to ask you a question from a mom to a oh, son. I ask you a question from a mom to a son. Is that who, and, 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 and there's no right answer. Is that who he is? That's who. You, you laid out the roadmap. I'm just interested. It's both. It's actually both. Because I've always been very systematic and process-driven, you know, looking for passive income, had my fingers in a bunch of different things, businesswoman, right? All of that. 
And, you know, we help them. In fact, we did in, in today, even we're now eight years into kind of doing some stuff, you know, on his own. He's been married for 10, but we've been, we're eight years into, we still meet weekly and talk about what's important in the five different areas that everybody always talks about health and all that, right? But we hold each other accountable. I started doing that with him in college because he went to play football. He was the quarterback at a college and you know, he had schooling, which he had to do really well, then the playing, right? Then the films, then the studying. And he has to do more of it when he's a quarterback. And I said, you know, you have to start getting, and I call it rhythm. You know, you have to get in a rhythm of patterns and good habits right away. And so he started getting in that rhythm. My daughter's in that rhythm as well. In fact, I introduced my son to options trading, which is what he teaches people how to do is options trading. I introduced him to it. And, uh, but he took it there because of the habits that he had developed and seen mom and dad develop, right? And, and watching us fail, right? Or go backwards and saying, okay, go to self, don't do that, right? So he's seen, he's seen all of that and just took, you know, some of the better pieces. Now he doesn't, not that he doesn't have any failure. He has failure. He has some team issues right now, mm-hmm. some team issues like managing people, but you know, he knows that all problems can be solved, you know, and, and it's just, work around it. And my daughter's just like that too. You know, she was 33 two days ago and wildly successful um, in her business as well. But she keeps measuring herself to her brother, which I can't stand, you know, because success is just, you know, the eye be the holder. And she's just lovely, lovely woman from the inside out. And that's priceless. <laughs> that's priceless. But yeah, so it, it's a little about, you know, he had the drive of the entrepreneurship was in him, but we gave him the roadmap. It's interesting tie it all together with the coaching that I do is that he was available the information. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't mean, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? It didn't mean that he took everything. Nope. He was open. Right. And so yep. here's the thing about me is that no matter if I was headed down the wrong path or the right path, it was always open. Didn't yeah. mean I always listened or took it in. I always heard it. So that's one of, one of my old business partners said, look, no matter where you go, said, we tell you something and then the next day you fixed it. Like yeah. I'm, I might not want to hear it in the moment, but I hear <laughs> yeah. it all. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Just- well, Greg, Greg Reed, um, Dr. Greg Reed, who owns in the, the founder of Secret Knock. Now, Greg, uh, you know, and I'm hit one of his masterminds. And one of the things that he says is that if you go to the sand, to the beach, right? And you pick up a pile of sand, there's sand that will flow through. You got it. You heard it, but you don't have to keep it you know, mm-hmm. and keep what's good. But be thankful what you got. Don't yeah, but everything. (laughs) Don't yeah, but. In fact, it's not allowed in mastermind at all. There's no yeah, buts. You have to keep that at the door. You can't say, yeah, I tried that, but. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you let that one go. Maybe you let that one sit there for a little bit, right? And maybe tweak it a little bit. But And it's just, I thought it was really cool. And it's just, and I'm always reminded of it. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let me sort it figure out what's going to work best for me. And I, I think that's what you're saying is, you know, like being open. So I absolutely love that we're, you know, having this conversation. And again, what you do for a living is, you know, creating this passive income and, and it's active until it becomes passive. <laughs> you have to actively work on it in order to get it to the point where it's passive. And, um, you know, and I think that that's a really great story for everyone to hear is, you know, overcoming the diversity that you've overcome over time. And, then really just having this positive outlook. And it sounds like you're creating something that's going to be brand new. It's going to be, what do they call it? They don't call it sticky, but it's just, it's revolutionary. I'm excited to see where it goes. I can't wait. 
And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today and being with us. We could talk forever, you and I. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, <laughs> you know, ultimately, what's interesting, the path, you, I think this is mo- most important to me. I wasn't this way. I forced everything. This is how it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be this way. What I realized mm-hmm. is that I was strong enough to go through everything I want. You know what's really odd? Alarming how all my coaching clients are going through the same thing. Because my coach says, you coach what you've been through. Yeah, your message, your message. Mm-hmm. I, think, <laughs> I, think it, no I think it's important to understand mm-hmm. that that was the reason. So now yeah. I have so much gratitude that this is what I get to do all day. You know, something from an earlier we saw from this, that my coaching clients think that I'm some special person. What they don't realize is I'm just polishing off what they already had inside them. They just lost it somewhere in the moment. And it was the same with me when I met my coach and so on and so on. Well, and all these people that have these, that are doing these big things, when they said the same thing to you, you know, look what you all put our hip pants on the same way and our shirts on the same way. And we're all the same people. It's how we direct a flashlight on a daily basis. You know, it's really where, where are we heading and how do we direct and what do we learn from each one of those? So, so Austin, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to reach you? Best way is Instagram, Austin Linney. Uh, you know, that's the way that I always answer all my DMs. I, I just answered, uh, got on a call with a 20 year old today that messaged me. And so, Facebook, Austin Linney as well. It, I'll always answer my DMs because I'm just I'm almost addicted to helping because I just want to help so many people. And I realized that helping the person in front of me, I'm also helping them be a better father, a husband, a better yeah. brother, sister, and that helps people around them. So it's this, right. what I call a ripple, ripple impact. Why make a ripple when you can make a splash? There you go. I, I'm <laughs> going to have to take the, the sand one and that one. I'm done. I got it. <laughs> right. Well, you're helping you at the same time too. That's what people don't understand. How do you coach so much, right? We have, have like yeah. six today. I'm like, I don't understand why I'm helping you. I'm helping myself out too. <laughs> yeah, because I'm hearing my own my own self reiterate these same things to myself, you know, as as well. And uh, so again, the name of your podcast is Construct Your Life with Austin Linney. So um, please go over and listen to his podcast as well. And again, I want to say thank you so much, Austin, for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, guys. So everybody, just as a quick reminder, please give us a good rating and write us a review. Always pay this forward. There may be someone out there that wants to hear this story and needs to hear this story to help them in their life and in their business. So until next time, we'll see you later. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.genduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.